It's the Breaking the Ice Bonus Brew. Great. Now we're going to add alcohol into the mix. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. Yeah. Here we go. Now we can see and hear each other. Yeah. So, What's going on, kid? Nothing much. So here we are, like, we're approaching Halloween, right? We are. And, uh, and you know, got my Van Halen t-shirt on. That was... I know, very appropriate. Right. Um, so did you ever like, were you ever part of any of the AAF morning shows when they did it from Salem at the coffee shop there? I was, but I was always back in the studio. I never got to go right. there live. I was always pushing the buttons, pissing off Greg Hill. Right. Well, I mean, that's, that's a, nat- that's a, that's a natural occasion on most people. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, but um, you know, one year I came home on leave from the army and LB was like, Hey man, come up to Salem. If you don't have anything going on, I'm like, well, I'm home on leave. I got nothing. You know, it's like, uh, what he I just said that it was a kill. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> come on over. As, like that was just like kind of a scene from Mrs. Doubtfire when, uh, when Robin Williams goes, take five, <laughs> take five million, you're dead. <laughs> Um, so it was the year Gene Simmons was there and we were oh, the year that like, Gene Simmons tried to get LB to take the cap off the pen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you were, were you there? No, you were there. <laughs> you're like Forrest Gump. Yeah. Kid. <laughs> what? I said, you're like Forrest Gump. You're everywhere. Right. right? So I'm just like, <laughs> it was like one of it was the funniest thing ever. Like, I never realized, like, how, like, Gene Simmons, Kiss, no big deal. You know, a lot of, <laughs> lot of hit songs, but the animosity that him and Greg Hill have for each other is astounding. Or that but- LB had for, for Gene Simmons. He, he would talk about that over and over, like, oh, my God. That guy <laughs> thought I would take his pen cap off for him i played for the bruins like i was in that immediate area and he looked at us that does this i mean We're like no wonder we goes, share i'm not taking them. fucking pen cap off gene but can you imagine being that famous to the point where you think a stranger is gonna take a pen cap off for you I mean, that's well, the whole thing with that was, Josh, it opened up a can of worms <laughs> because we started swilling back beers at that time. After that, you're kidding. And no, never. You? Have you ever seen that happen? You or help? No, <laughs> no. Um, and then were you a firefighter at this point? No, I was still in the army. I, I, I was. Oh, yeah, you said that. Overseas. So I don't believe um, the beers part. No, never. Um, so with um, with that said, it was like that opened up a can of worms. Like there's a waitress walking by and Jean goes, oh, look at that. That looks like a really nice muffin. I'm, and LP goes, well, Jean, maybe if you ask one of the waitresses for it, she'll probably get you one. <laughs> I love, I just love how honest he is. Like, <laughs> all right. So, like, here's a funny story. If you um, order one, you might be able to get one. 
might be able to get one if you ask the waitress. So uh, switching gears, like we're on, we'll stay on hockey somewhat. Um, so Andrew Ference gets me to do, uh, gets me to go, gets me in the rookie camp for the Edmonton Oilers back in two, uh, right out like 2013, uh, 2014. First of all, first of all, what? Just to stop you real quick. I I've known you for a long time. I've known that yeah. you've been friends with Andrew Ferentz and you've been friends with the Bruins the year they made the run, um, the Stanley cup final run where they lost to Chicago. They're, their jacket, the Army Ranger jacket that the Bruins would wear after every win that they would hand off to each other was your Army Ranger jacket, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I knew that about you, and I knew you played hockey. I knew you played sports. But the one thing that you always just drop into our conversations where I'm like <laughs> – that is that you say things like, oh, yeah, so I was in training camp with the Oilers. What are you talking uh, about? Rookie camp, rookie camp. It really didn't mean anything anyway, but, like, it was uh, it was like kind of a cool thing to do. And it was really for the younger kids for, like, a team-building aspect more than anything why, else. Why, but were like, I mean, in, why were you in rookie camp? Yeah. <laughs> uh, could you have well, gotten a slot? Because you, you'd strike me as a kid that could just, you know, if you just set your mind to it, you'd be like, yeah, I made the NHL. You just do things like that. You're like, yeah, I just became an Army Ranger. Yeah, I'm just a Boston firefighter. <laughs> yeah, now I cut down trees. I made the NHL. You just... <laughs> well, I'm going to we'll hit on something in, in totally totally different in a minute. But, like, that, was, that just, like, came out of nowhere. And, um... It was, it was a really fun time. Like we, we got to, I got to meet Leon Drysaddle, who ended up having an unbelievable year. And it was the year Keep before talking. we drafted. I'm, I'm still what? listening. My, my computer's about to die. I just got to run in the next room and grab the, the, the plug. You want to take my pen cap off then? <laughs> just made it. All right. So Drysaddle. So I got to meet him and Darnell Nurse and all those guys and, Ended up like, uh, and that was when Ferenc was captain. And that was when, like, that was right before uh, he became captain. So it was just like, you know, come on out here, help the guys out, like, do some team building stuff. Like, it'd be great. And we I did some stuff in conjunction with the Canadian Army, and it was great. And you know, I got to, I got to actually skate with, uh, with the Edmonton Oilers, like in Jasper. And they have their training rookie camp out there. So it was, it was, it was pretty cool, but you know, for, for me to, to, for me to be out there was great. It was an honor and it was, you know, you're at a level where not many at all make it to. And um, you got to realize like how good, like the worst player on a professional team is. Yeah. But there is no such thing as a player like that because they can kind of hold their weight and you like realize this about people but like um like it, it, it progresses like it's you know i'm up there for a few days and you know it's not very long and you know it was like right i think peter shirelli had just become uh the gm as well oh that year yeah so uh you know there's kind of like this there's some uh this is uh, this this would be a good fit this would be a great guy like probably the Bruins tried to do that actually with Bobby Robbins one year. Um, and it actually worked out well. Uh, 
in the beginning stages, but you know, they needed to win hockey games and they tried you know, to do what they, with Bobby Robbins. What's that? They tried to do what with Bobby Robbins? So Bobby Robbins uh ended up playing like was a career AHL guy, great yeah. kid too, very tough kid. Um and they put him in the they made the starting lineup. The kid hustled on every single play. He fought harder than a lot of other guys. And he was he's a he's naturally he's a very nice individual and he's probably one of the hardest workers you'll ever see on the ice. Yeah. Um uh, a, a, a lot had. of those those enforcers really are. And like you said, that yeah. like when you when you really like get close to those guys and you find out like the worst guy on an NHL team is the best fucking hockey. He's really player. the best. Oh my God. It, like yeah. he, to make a team like even LB, like he, yep. he was such a skilled player. And like, he told me multiple times that like he was like dude like there were guys that were way more skilled than me but it was just that they weren't that into it and it's just about showing yeah. up every single day yeah. and not giving up and then also he was like like sean thornton like you think of sean thornton as a fighter He's another great he, guy yeah he has one of the best penalty shot highlights you'll ever see because like to get to the NHL, you need to be one of the best skilled hockey players. And it's the best. You know how many best. times he tried to do that on Tuca? Every day in practice. But he looks back at Tuca in the middle of the circle and nods his head at him. Tuca's <laughs> laughing the whole time. Again, that just, was coming. Yeah. But it was yeah. just like, even, even becoming friends with some of the Bruins, it's like, yeah just knowing like what they had to go through to get to that point. Right. And like guys like LB where he's like, dude, I wanted Great. to score. I scored a hat trick and Don Cherry yelled at him for it. Yeah. Like, so, dude, don't think <laughs> you're going to go out there and start scoring goals. He's like, you're on the team for a reason. And one reason yeah. only. So let's not get carried away. And he got benched for putting the Bruins ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so one of one of LB one of LB's funniest stories is about is of Jay Miller one time and they were playing in Philadelphia and uh Millsy uh you know doesn't Jay Miller never was was a fighter, you know, and he was an enforcer and he played the game. He was a tough guy. He was not a goal scorer. But I guess uh they were playing in Philadelphia one time and uh they're going on the second period and Jay Miller scores two goals <laughs> in the game or scores two goals in the second period. They're going in the locker room, and then you hear LB was like, "Yeah." And then I we're going in the locker room, and all I hear is Jabo in the background goes, "Hey guys, feed me, I'm hot." <laughs> <laughs> but I love hearing like those those kinds of you know? stories from those guys like LB, like when he would tell me about like like iconic moments that he was involved in, like against the Whalers. There was a. Oh. The, this bench fight where LB basically started. LB yeah, started. I mean, a, so many of those. Yeah, he started and, a bench brawl, and he and Bruce telling, Subottom were the two biggest instigators yes. of the entire team. But right. LB, LB was telling me about. I I think it was maybe right. I think he was telling me the story when me, him, and Shu were doing afternoons on AF because me and him had a lot of time to like 
there was just a lot of music for that afternoon show. So there yeah. was like chat time. <laughs> and he he was saying that that uh that when the that fight with the the Hartford Whalers started, he he was like, yeah, Reggie Lemlin was like opening the door because he was trying to let somebody in and one of the whalers yeah. was trying to start a fight with me. And then, you know, like the whalers guy tried to get into our bench and then I fell and he was like, and you know, it, it, it wasn't Reggie Lemlin's fault. It was, he was trying to open the door, be a nice guy. And I fell out and the refs thought I was, you know, trying to get into their bench or whatever. And then as he's sitting there, I like Google that fight and we're watching it together and LB is he's behind the glass on the Bruins bench, throws his gloves off and jumps onto the ice and is trying to get into the Whalers bench. And he's like, that didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, but I'm watching you. Try. <laughs> so, so, so we, we got those, that story, that's always a great story, and you can YouTube that anytime. Here's something you won't be able to YouTube. So it was, like, pretty cool. You know, at the end of, like, all that rookie, like, all that stuff, um, you know, they're like, hey, would, like, you know, you you want to come back? I'm like, ah, I, I think. They invited I'm- you back, and you're like, eh. No, I'm like, well, that was just, like, when I got on the fire department, too. So, um, like, I'm like, ah. everything that I would never be able to do, you're just like, I can't, but, but, but like, here's the thing. I'm like, you know, guys, I, I, I really appreciate everything, everything you guys, your hospitality. I go, Andrew Ferentz is going to do a lot of great things for this team. Uh, Benoit Pouliot is going to be great. Uh, that was when they signed Benoit no. Pouliot. Um, and that was a good signing for them too, to be honest with you. The Oilers. Um, yeah. And cause he, he played great there. He did great, you know, and I, whatever the case I, I do blame Benoit Pouliot for a bad change against the uh, Washington Capitals. I was at game seven. Nah, I, nah, uh, that, that, that series. Look, honestly, either you pick know, getting the bench or stick with the play guy. But also that series was, that series was over when we lost the first game of that series. That's, yeah. that was, you know, like Washington wanted way bad, more than us and uh like honestly that was the emergence of Braden Holpe and Braden Holpe was that was the lights out and he's he's still a Bruins killer which is why we should sign him now but (laughs) it is what it is so this whole thing is going on they're like yeah it's gonna be great you like what do you want to do I'm like I I think I'm gonna it's just I'm, I'm happy like I'm just gonna go back to Boston you know I go you know but do me a favor get everybody like telling PR guys I'm like hey man let's get everybody out to center ice and stuff like that everybody's like really what okay I'll sign everything right here in the center ice but I didn't so my only memory that I had of that whole day is still my screensaver uh, on my computer see that I yeah that's you with the coaches and some of the players that was it and that was it there was just the coaches the trainer, the equipment guys, that was it. That was good enough. Fine. So the PR guy comes. He this goes, is what hey, bugs man. me, though. They were asking you to come back to training camp, and you're like, hmm. I don't know if it was, like, going to be uh, really amount to anything, and it wasn't really going to amount to But with anything. you, it probably that wasn't good. Because, like I good. said, you're Forrest Gump. 
You're right. Well, <laughs> you're just you're you're killing so, everything. So so the funniest thing is like about about this whole thing, like they had already had their minds made up. This is happening. The PR is like, hey man, so we appreciate that's a very respectful gesture. Every everybody's very moved by it, right? So it's uh, it's like this is the start of something new in the Edmonton Oilers organization. This is huge, uh, you know. But he goes, listen, uh, we have this thing at uh, Eskimo Stadium that you're going to have to do, and I can't get you out of it, and you're going to have to do it. So what it is, it's like, you know, they go, you know, it's called meet an oiler night in Edmonton, and it's like they put players from the Oilers at Eskimo Stadium inside the arena. And they're like uh, – so is it like the gotta, wives collect? You gotta, you gotta do that. So what they do is they take the jumbotron, they're like during a TV timeout, or right right before the TV timeout's over, the uh, PA announcer goes, "All right, Edmonton Eskimo fans, it's your time to meet an Oiler," and everybody starts cheering. And this is it going to be McTavish? Like here they are, here it comes. Like you know tonight. If you can find out where your favorite Edmonton Oilers are sitting in this stadium, you can walk up and meet an Oiler. And it's just like, all right. And then they start announcing the names. And defenseman number 21, Andrew Ferris. The crowd's going wild. Forward, number seven, Benoit Puglia. And then, and defenseman number 11. And they said my name and the crowd just goes, oh. <laughs> I'm like, fuck. Anyway, so they're all they all find out where we are. It was on former over. Boston night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they're all coming. All these people are coming over. They're like, oh my god. They're like, very, very cool to meet you. I'm signing, I'm signing people's shirts for never step. You actually sign them? I've I've declined signing stuff when I've been with Bruins because I feel so bad. <laughs> yeah, People come whatever, up to me man. like, "What position do you play?" And I'm like, yeah. "I'm not. You don't know. Keep moving." You don't get it. <laughs> so the, all these people are coming up to us and we're signing shit, and we're going through this. We're taking pictures, and like five <laughs> minutes into it, I get this fucking thirteen year old kid goes. Oh my God, Benoit Pouliot, Andrew Ference, and the kid gets to me and he goes, "Who's this fucking guy?" <laughs> <laughs> and and Andrew Ference couldn't stop laughing and he goes, "Oh, that's Lucas Carr. It's uh, uh, he's a free agent defenseman." And the kid goes, he, 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 goes uh, "He goes, do you think you'll play?" <laughs> I'm like, "Fuck you, you little shit." This is a judgy little kid. I mean, you're in Canada. What can you do? I mean, like, they're serious. Like, uh, who's this fucking guy? Oh, my parents, like, that's uh, that's that's Lucas Kyrie. I mean, the 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 things. Like you think you play? Fuck you, you little shit. So like the rest of the night, just, just said, like, "Hey, Andrew uh, rode his bike." to the game yeah yeah like uh you're like uh you're going out you're with your guys like uh like who who are you with like uh, i'm with this Pretty guy i'm that guy that fucking guy like Jesus. you think you'll play <laughs> you think you'll play like 
the questions oh. that like as a kid that you think are okay for like professional athletes are just hilarious once you become like an adult and then like any profession that you're in like especially radio like the questions that i would get in radio that i'd be like why do you think that's an okay question to ask <laughs> like hey, let, hey ask a radio question hey what's your bandwidth <laughs> like fuck, i don't fucking I don't even know bandwidth, that <laughs> but it's just like like kids that i would grow up with like if if somebody works at like you know like a real estate office or like you know just like a normal like traditional job, you you don't walk up to them and go, "How much money you made this year?" But like for some reason in radio, kids would <laughs> that I went to high school with be like, "You're pretty well off now, huh? How much money you make?" And I'm like, "Huh? <laughs> well, I got a house with walls and money in it." <laughs> 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 I've had to redo some drywall, so there's your answer. There's your answer, man. Hey, he was on SNL last night, and he did great. He was. I didn't he see did it. Great. Everyone's been talking about Bill. Like, <laughs> he picks on white women, and he's so right. He's he so really. Right. He, I, I mean, he, he he definitely is right. I don't know what he said, but I know he's right. <laughs> he's right. He goes, yeah, you're having a hard time. Chilling out in the jacuzzi with your chilled rosé. <laughs> Dude, the last year, last year um, before AF went under, before the world ended, and <laughs> before... I still I still have a hard time really thinking about that because... It's weird. There, there were like, you know, there were so many fun times with like the changing of the guards with like AAF and, and everything. And like, you know, everybody, everybody changes. Like, you know, to, a lot of people reach out to LB anymore because he's on, not on the radio. Well, I know I do um, because it's somebody I, I love and I care for a lot. And it's somebody I always enjoyed being around because there are more funny memories to not be rekindled, uh, to not be rekindled by just talking to somebody when they need you to be there to talk to them, you know? Yeah. And there was, uh, there was like one time we took LB down. It was me, Andrew Ference, and LB, and we went down to Fort Benning, Georgia. And uh, I had uh, like used my Waze app on my phone and it took me on a tank trail and there's signs everywhere that we should not be on this fucking trail does that mean like tanks yeah like tanks this is a training <laughs> trail for tanks but you know how to disarm them single-handedly don't you <laughs> yeah dying yeah so like the bizarreness of like that whole trip was we were on a tank trail and that was like right around when hurricane sandy hit i think or no yeah was i think it was right around 2013 yeah sandy yeah that was hit. sandy so that was like right around when hurricane sandy hit right and our fucking flight back to uh boston was canceled and i'm like dude lb i gotta get back home i don't know about you 
And if I can find the video of him with his head out the window where we were luckily able to get from Atlanta, uh, from Atlanta to Philadelphia. And that was a chore by itself, but we were able to go from Atlanta to Philly. And then we got on the plane in Philly and they're like, yeah, the emergency brakes broken. And then LP's like telling people, you don't need an emergency brake to fly a plane. You're in the, it sounds so much like him. That's amazing. Like he goes, you don't need this. I'm like, LB, shut up. It's, it's only like five and a half hours from Philadelphia to Boston. We'll, we'll just drive. I'll get a, we'll get a rent a car and we'll drive. His ability to not sweat the small stuff is just, you know. Yeah. Like, we'll just, you don't need a break. And a plane. He goes, well, you don't mind driving the whole way, do you? I'm like, no, cool. Can we stop and get a couple, a case of beer? So we like grab this guy, this weird, this kid um, we met from California and he was visiting. He goes, I got to get back to Boston too. So it was the three of us navigating through a hurricane coming up the coast. And here I am with LB in the back of a car drinking beers. My God. And I'm trying to get back to run a tree company where <laughs> I I run a tree Brutal. company and I gotta get back because the hurricane's gonna hit. And LB's like, it's not a big deal, we'll be fine. LB, I, I own a tree company. He goes, Oh yeah. We might need to get don't back for that, huh? Listen, you don't need to be sober to cut down a tree, kid. And I'm like, I got to drive. Like Gravity goes um, only one way. <laughs> so I, I think in every state we stopped and we like did a video and we like watched like the, like he was calling me Gus the whole time because we watched the Home Alone clip <laughs> where uh, they're in the back of the van. Oh, just a bunch of polka bums. Gus Polinski, polka king of the Midwest. You know, John like, Candy. Yeah. You know, polka, polka twist, kiss me polka, you know. <laughs> So we uh we fucking we went on a tank trail and we we drove through a hurricane. Now these are these are, these are the kinds of stories. this is ridiculous because these are the kinds of stories that like LB would tell and I'd be like how much of this is true and you typically uh, I mean a hundred percent of the actually a hundred percent of the time the story would just be a thousand percent true because you know, you yeah. you'd end up talking to the people that he was talking about in the, the stories like Woody Harrelson or like any of these other, <laughs> and then it would just end up being true when you finally talk with them. But it was, <laughs> and especially like knowing you and like the, I, I always think about this. It, it, like I've, I've drank with LB and you have too. And I've drank with, <laughs> yeah, I've drank with people in the military, army people, firefighters. All of them can drink way more than anybody can ever drink ever. Right. And I didn't really understand that until I drank with all these individual groups. And you are an <laughs> army person, a firefighter, and yet you, you know you just you're in the professional athlete, especially hockey world. And I just I don't know how you do it, but how, how do you keep up with that drink? 
<laughs> oh man, like it catches up to you uh, as it is now to me. But uh, I'll tell you what, man. Like, but like a firefighter, want- or like drinking with an NHL player, or yeah. just with an well, army person. Excuse me. me like, <laughs> let me let me clarify this right now. Um, this year, I never realized how long a seltzer hangover lasts. Seltzer. Yeah, you know, like oh, all those like white truly? claws. And oh, it's the sugar. Trulies, all like, yeah, you'll be in the moment and you'll be sucking those things back like yesterday's newspaper. It doesn't feel then, like, you know. Um, it doesn't feel like anything, but then you realize feel the, like anything. the endurance then, of like, those white chicks. Two days after all that happens, like two days after it, you're like, oh. Dude, I've oh. I've had a I've like, had a rough like, time. What? Yeah, and then you get a step on the scale, and it's just it's brutal. Yeah, you're like having the convulsions and contractions, like Sigourney Weaver having a fucking alien, like ah ah like that. It's coming out of your chest, like ah. I don't ah! know what that reference means, but yeah. Well, the movie Aliens, when the fucking shit comes out of their chest. Et. No, Aliens, like the movie. Oh, I don't know. I haven't Sigourney seen Weaver. Jesus. I don't, I don't know who that is. It's a fucking awesome movie when you get a chance. Thank God she's still not in this. Dude, come on, man. You don't know what? No, I don't. Like Prometheus or anything? You were speaking Chinese now. No, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what you're saying. Um, uh, I mean, some of your viewers will get that, but obviously you don't, which is fine. But I mean, it's it just pops up that there's a lot of things I don't know. We have a oh god, we have 52 people watching. <laughs> oh, <laughs> these people. Hey, how's it going? I mean, uh, these, these bricks are fake. They're because I have money stuffed in these walls. <laughs> so anyway, um, this is Lucas Carr. He is a um, a former firefighter, former NHLer, apparently. And you know, no. you just <laughs> no, I'm not taking credit for that one. I'm giving I'm not credit, credit for it for that one. How many people um, do you know get to go to training camp and ask back and they just go, nah? Uh, Andrew Ferentz was the one that really kind of set that all up. There was really nothing to do with uh like any skill level I had. It was really kind of like my my the army training that was just like putting me putting you know, me in a category where I can teach these guys. Right. And then also that was really uh, it. Uh, you also may know Lucas Carr from a video I posted around Easter where he was the Easter Bunny going through South Boston on the back of a uh, log truck. Log truck, thank you. I was trying to say tree mobile, but that's completely wrong. Um, but yeah, you were the Easter Bunny through South Boston at the height of Corona, and you just you, yeah, you just brought you know Easter to everyone that. I mean, everyone was stuck inside, and then you just, you know, that was amazing to see. Like, I, I, I missed you by like two seconds because I was in traffic. I don't know why there was traffic in the middle of coronavirus, um, but you, you gave me the address to meet up with you in South Boston, and I pulled up, and the log truck was just starting to pull away. And I have the video of you and the Easter Bunny being like, "Hey, jump on the back of the truck!" And I was like, "Get on the truck!" 
but I, I, I jumped back in my car and I followed you all through South Boston. It was just amazing. It was, to see. it was a good time, man. You know, and that was like a trying time still for everybody. And yeah, everyone know, was still really terrified wanted. and scared. They didn't know what was happening. Everyone was hiding inside. And, you know, Easter was canceled, which was weird. And you you were on the back of a flatbed truck dressed as Easter, like a legit Easter bunny. And it just, it, it was amazing to watch even like the people just trying to go out for a walk just to get away from yeah. like the craziness of being inside in the internet and the the way everyone was lighting up seeing you on the back of that flatbed truck it was amazing it was uh it was it was pretty cool and you know like uh that that entire day was was pretty cool pretty special boston fire department state police boston police everybody got involved and the whole whole entire community as well um it was it was great uh everybody you know it was just something that just there was a rolling it was a rolling thing and blah 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 like this is great easter bunny like not a social gathering. It's not this, it's not that guys, this is, we're just on the back of what, this is what we're doing. End of story. Um, and you know, now we're in a position where like, when is it going to be okay to not have to worry about any of that? Like, you know, here we are. I feel like it's going to be, we don't know. We don't, we don't know, but we just want to, we just want to get the right thing to happen. And you know what, Josh, I think everybody, uh, wants the right thing to happen so we can go back to normalcy and I really, I, really yeah. I mean there's people that you know they're like super afraid of it there's people that aren't afraid of it but it's just like nobody really knows anything and it's just no. you know, when can we go back to when you know we were just being silly geese at the tool show you know oh. <laughs> so <laughs> last time um, well, besides when you were in the Easter Bunny costume, that's the last time I saw you in person. <laughs> we made that seem normal anyway, so uh, whatever. <laughs> uh, but it's, you know, you've been doing great with everything. And, uh, you know, this is this is a new, and, and you know what, like on a side note, like honestly, uh, many, um, many prayers to uh, Dak Prescott for a full recovery. That was a nasty injury. What happened? Poor guy. Uh, broken... I mean, everything broke below the knee. Was this a uh, who, who today their leg um, during the game during the Cowboys and Giants game? It was just a. I'm not a football a guy. Pretty, uh, I I think we were talking about it on earlier on breaking the ice. Um, or Shu and Isaiah were talking about it before they bailed. Um, right. Who 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 does Dak Dak? Prescott, I'm not yeah. a football guy. I'm trying hard right now. All right, man, don't worry about it. I'm not a lot of things. I, you I'm are a lot, a lot of things. There's a lot of things. And also one thing, um, I mean, we've been going for a while, um, but I mean, we've, we, we just got to do one in person soon with me, you, Shu, maybe Isaiah. I mean, Isaiah is wild, but. Do you guys want to do that on my roof deck in my house? yeah dude when when it overlooks the the whole city and all the expressway and you get a boat too so i mean just yeah it's coming out of the water in about two weeks so uh, we should probably plan on that pretty soon that summer went by in seven minutes huh about six and a half yeah yeah you're right six and a half but um 
again, just to, I, I didn't bring this up on the last podcast that we did with you. Um, you were on one of the very, very beginning, um, like as soon as AF went off the air, you were on one of the very original episodes. Um, yeah. And you were a sponsor, Pathfinder Tree Service. Um, oh, yeah. And there's... Like we we've talked about everything from you from the NHL Andrew Ferens to you know you being a firefighter Army Ranger and you know. Hold on a second, buddy. Uh -oh. oh shit. We lost. You got me. No, you didn't. Yeah, we go. You're back. Oh, you're back. Damn me. Look at all Hold the on. awards this kid has. That's uh, nothing. All right, now <laughs> we go. Nothing. Um, but. I, I, another thing I, I wanted to bring, I, I feel weird bringing this up, but you were, you were there on um, April 15th. Yeah. At the marathon. And you were one of yeah. the first, I wouldn't say you, you, you were on the scene when it happened. And well, unfortunately, yeah. But and, I mean, there was a lot of people there that kind of did their job that day and, Kind of, well, I don't, I don't want to say like that. Uh, that did their job that day, and you know, like um, jumped into to action. Jumped they, into yeah. it, you know, and you know the craziness about it. Uh, my ex girlfriend at the time, or my, or my girlfriend now ex girlfriend at the time. Craziness is about that was fr the Friday night prior to that happening. Uh, I watched. I did, I don't watch that all that like all those movies and shit about like. The military like we watched zero dark 30 that was yeah. when um seals went in and killed uh bin laden yeah and uh like i was explaining like something happened in the movie i'm like fuck why did that happen like and then i was explaining to her about what an explosion sounded like and holy shit monday during that during the marathon like that happens right so that happens you know like you know what a real explosion is you know the difference between you know what a real like that I remember like looking up like oh. after just running an entire marathon. Yeah. You know, and um, you know, shit was hitting the fan. Nobody knew what was going on. Like a, a very, very high percentage of people didn't know what was going on. There was explosions and there were other, and it, I guess there were other detonations or other bombs that didn't detonate. And yeah, like under the bleachers uh, and yeah. So all that happens, right? Boston gets hit with uh, a tragedy during a charitable event of the Boston Marathon, right? So where we are, how that happens is, you know, it, it changes everybody. It changes the whole portfolio of what a marathon is now, right? Yeah. Think about it. Um, you know, the Boston, will the Boston Marathon ever be the same? Well, probably not. It's going to be remembered because of that year. Uh Going forward after this year, is the Boston Marathon ever going to be the same? Hard to decipher that. But yeah. on that day of the Boston Marathon bombings, it was so unprecedented on how everybody reacted after. Yeah. And the year after the bombing of the Mar Boston Marathon was the largest Boston Marathon ever. And that's it the was first year ever went was the year after. And I was what? like, the the first year I ever went to a marathon was the year after the Boston Marathon bombing. And I was like, that was the first time I met you. 
Because I, I was in so, there yeah. talking about the Travis Roy Foundation. Yeah. Um, and God bless that kid, man. He's great. But uh, that year, I was running for the Boston Bruins Foundation, and you know, uh, I'd usually be pushing Matt Brown. But that year, he had a really bad pneumonia, and I wasn't pushing him that year, so I just ran myself. Uh, yeah, that and, was the year that you came into the AF studio, right? Uh, and, uh, no, 2014 was. Oh, okay. Well, That's still a long time. Uh, so, I, yeah, it all blends together. But, uh, you know, when everything happened and how it happened, you know, it, it still, like, left Boston in awe. But, you know, what do you do in a situation like that, guys? It's just, it, it's, it's just like you really – hate to say it and you want to you don't want to antiquate military experiences to a civilian life where you live back in the states because there are two totally different worlds when you go from fighting a war back to home and yeah you know there were some people on edge some people will never forget that but when you're on patrol and when you're doing a mission and bad shit happens um you got to regroup and figure it do out think, for the do next you think day or the a next situation minute. like that is kind of like just from your background of being an army ranger and you know being overseas and seeing like actual you know battle or action that yeah like something like that is like kind of muscle memory where you do jump into action because yeah. i feel like someone like me where i like a mark Wahlberg where he says things like, oh, dude, if I was on that plane on 9-11, that fucking thing never would have flown into that. Like, yeah. shut up, well, dude. I don't like, know about that. Like, as, soon, as, as soon as something goes down, like, I've been in situations, <clears throat> like, especially after the marathon bombing, me and my, my, my wife were in a, a bar in Boston, and this dude came in with a backpack and dropped it next to us and then left. And I was like, that's a bomb. And like, because that's how the Boston Marathon bombing happened was a dude dropping a backpack. So it's just like, yeah. you know, like anyone that's, you know, getting on an airplane with no luggage, like, what are you doing? Like after 9-11, you're, you're on edge. And I, I felt like after that, I was just like, well, I don't want to be rude and like, you know, turn this guy in or whatever. But we, uh, we did go up to the people and be like, hey, listen, there's a backpack that was left and we just got out of there. And I felt so bad after that. We, we, nah, like, you gotta stay yeah. vigilant, buddy. You know, like that shit, that shit, you know, that but shit. But I felt bad that we left. I felt bad that we left. And then I think of like, what would you do? You probably wouldn't have left. <laughs> you probably would have opened the backpack yourself like, hey, and. Come here. Come here, come here. <laughs> exactly. So that's why I'm thinking like a lot of people talk like this tough game. Like, oh, right. yeah, if I was there, I would have stopped it. But right. like being in situations where I'm like, no, if something like that did come up, I think I'd kind of turtle. But somebody like you, I know would be like, hey, fuck face. Come here. Pretty much. What's in the bag? Is it peanut butter um, and fluff or no? <laughs> <laughs> now you know what that is. Now it's I gotta did. be your fluff. <laughs> um, but um, you know what, Josh? Like, really? Now here we are, and like all your viewers and everybody that has an opportunity to look at something and to view something as its uh, as its platform is, and as the experience provides itself to the uh, to the human being, like whatever in, in the American eye. Like, all right, 
9-11 happens, yeah. right? We viewed on looking at America now as we, we just got attacked. We had a terrorist attack happen and, you know, America turns around. We fight a war on terrorism that helped a lot of things. But when the terrorist attacks happen, um, we had everybody on board, like, you know, one nation um, undivided and God bless America. Like all those flags were everywhere. Sports were uniting, sports were uniting individuals again and communities and sports were making, yeah, making their move. Who you voted for, it was just like red, white. Didn't and- matter. It didn't, didn't matter. Didn't matter. And uh, just a side didn't, note for like everybody what, that wants to come and neutral party. So. pronoun you used either. It right. Like- didn't matter. Didn't matter. Boston Marathon bombing happens. Again, unites everybody around here. Everyone around here. To the here point was- where everyone without rehearsal sings the national anthem over Renee Rancourt. Right? United there. United that aspect. The Boston Red Sox won the World Series that year. The the uh, the, uh, the Bruins go to the Stanley Cup Finals and lose to the Blackhawks. Um, you know, like now you have you have all those things. You have a sport. You have a community. You have everybody around you. Um, as you are down, you are brought down because this happened, and now you are being built back up, which is a very military way of having it happen individual for something you volunteered for right yeah so you get you get beat down and be built back up uh boston marathon um tragedy happens the bombings happen um we got the and 9-11 who, thing who wasn't proud to be from boston or america i mean you fucking name it man that shit was fucking happening you were from boston even if you weren't even from boston and you were from like I don't know you Douglas, Massachusetts. Air, Air, Massachusetts. You were like I'm a Bostonian. I'm from Boston. Yeah, right. Let's go. <laughs> I'm from but, New Hampshire. I'm from Boston. Yeah. Uh, where? What? Wow. Uh, wow. When you call like the fire department, what's the name on the side of the truck? Uh, it's Hookset, New Hampshire. Yeah, you're not from Boston. <laughs> My my wife is from Manchester, New Hampshire. She said when they when she studied abroad in England, she was like, yeah. we, nobody in England knew what Manche- Manchester or New Hampshire was. They nah. just, they were from Boston, and everyone's like, oh, Boston. <laughs> so looks at New Hampshire. So, so the whole point of that, like being said, you're like saying something about the Boston Marathon and being at the finish line, and like, you know, that probably took me about a whole summer to get over, right? That probably took me about a whole summer to, like, to get through all of it. Like, it took yeah. time. Like, it just didn't fucking happen overnight. It took time because something, like, had made me angry that it happened here. And I, you know, as an individual who was part of working with great people and walking with giants and taking care of the, the earth that, you know, that uh, I, I got to walk with giants and you know, watch over her country and take good care of her. Like, at, and I, you know, that's what we, we think of America as our mother, you know, like, and like yeah. we would do, do anything we could to not let her be harmed or let it be harmed. And um, the biggest thing about that was it's just, we found a way now with everything that's happening right now in America, doesn't matter who you're voting for. I don't really care. Um, all that I just want, like, if we're going to be B 
beat down this bad with everything that's going down with the coronavirus and you know you can't say certain things on on, on social media without getting backlash or be being corrected by certain aspects listen you know let let that happen as much as you want but hopefully at some point in time we're going to need to build the sporting community back up again we're going to need to build that restaurant community back up again we have a lot of places we're all all like as i i liked how doc river said it that is a church yeah a, a sporting event like for me in 2013 i i was in the greatest bar on uh friend street when renee rancourt did that that um national anthem or where he didn't do the national anthem but the crowd took over and it through that entire year it was just it felt I felt so proud to be in Boston and be at the greatest bar surrounded by Bostonians. And it didn't matter who you voted for, if you hated Bush or if you hated Obama or if you hated Donald Trump, it didn't matter. We were all from- Hey, I'll tell you what, Barack Obama really uh, did a, a, a pretty good job with- uh, That speech you know, at out, the church? Outreaching and everything with the speech and everything. And like, no matter what the circumstances were, like he did handle you know, amazing. He loved, he loved like being around um, support to be, to build it back up. You know, like I mean, he, he was a good he guy for knew, that. You know? Knew the right words to, to say for that, because like when, when you're the president and something happens to a city like that and you walk in and you're like, Hey, listen, your sports teams are going to win the championships. I don't care what New York or Chicago says. You guys are yeah. going to win. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Bruins, are so the, I, the Red Sox won. The Patriots came pretty damn close. I mean, they won every, you can't win every year, but you know, no. what, what can you no. do? <laughs> but, um, but like the logistics of that whole thing, Josh is like, you know, you know, America right now is, is getting beat a little bit, but we're at the process right now and we're coming back. And like, I want to see what America comes back at after all this bullshit is gone. When that church is filled with fans watching their sports, when that restaurant is filled with people at the there though, you know, what's that? I said, if the restaurant is even still there, <laughs> yeah, it'll be there. But like, I hope, you know, a couple of things that, that like cease to amaze me. It's just like, we, we are still, we're gaining ground on this whole thing. And we, and everybody has to like, look at that. But, you know, if we're going to get beat down like this as Americans, I really want to see what we're going to come back at in another year from now. The only it's concerning be pretty thing is, awesome. is it's, it's us that's beating us down. It's not an outside thing. Yeah. It's not another country that it's not like a Pearl Harbor where it's like, oh, the Japanese right. want to take us down. Or it's like a 9-11 where we have another group that we're like, oh, they're trying to take us down. It's it, it's us versus us. And it's just right. like weird like time and feeling that I'm like, I, I maybe it's just hey, election yeah. year or I don't. Like I, don't know. I, I, I'm not, I hate to say I'm it, but I miss 
I miss 9-11 for 9-12. I miss the Boston Marathon for what happened. At, I don't miss those events, but I miss how everyone is so unified after those events. WAAF. <laughs> right? Um, but, like, if you're really going to – if if we, like, as individuals are, are going to antiquate it to, to this uh, portfolio and we really look at everything that – is what it is right now you think of everything right now is like where it's us against us right yeah so you would on obviously agree and many people would agree that uh are a lot of things blown out of proportion right now for no apparent reason that probably somebody could have just regaged everything looked at it and be like or oh, because i mean so if bad. you're gonna lose your job because you're eating the wrong syrup i mean that's an issue yeah so i if, if it's, if it's come down to that, then be that, be that guy. That's a stronger guy that can, or woman or uh, whatever the case may be that can look at it, reanalyze it and be like, you know what? It's not so fucking bad. Um, you know what? I'll tell you what, we'll take care. You know, it's kind of like, look at the longevity of just taking that step back right then and there. Just like, yeah you know what? Um, it's actually not that bad. You know, uh, I'll wait another 20 minutes or something like that. I don't care. What's 20 minutes, you know, 20 minutes when somebody really needs to have it. Now these fucking phones, we could call an airstrikes with, for God's sakes, like everything's right there. When I was trying to hook up to this zoom app right now, I'm like, Oh man, my fucking hubcaps outside my house suck. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but, uh, you know, like, I think a lot has changed and it's changed people, but I think maybe we come out of this a different breed, a lot smarter. I think we're already a different breed. <laughs> yeah, we, <laughs> we are. don't know we what really we are, are yet. You know, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of good things that can come out of this, which, which are starting to happen. Yeah. slowly starting to happen but it's i mean it's i've been having a great happen. time i know a lot of people aren't having fun but i've been having a great time i mean i just yeah. keep getting to do radio like i was doing but now i don't have to put pants or shoes on to do it so right you know you have sh- you shoes uh yeah sometimes these shoes <laughs> these <laughs> i have shoes on but no pants that's oh <laughs> I mean, we get wild, um, but uh, yeah, man, there's a lot of good things to come here. Um, you know, you're going to look for, for everything that's happening right now. I mean, football will eventually be football again. Baseball is going to be baseball. And you're going to sign and the Oilers. If and somebody then- shut the heat off tonight, I know why. <laughs> it, but uh, hockey's what? I said, if someone shuts the heat off, it's Andrew Ferentz. Yeah, well, maybe the heat, but uh, like somebody <laughs> shut the heat off, the Miami Heat tonight, and they were not good. Did, but, did Ellen uh, win? I think they did. I mean, they were up 30 points with, with 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. We're about to have a live reaction right now. Hold on. L.A. Lakers versus... Oh, a live one? Just to see. Oh, God. The Lakers <sighs> are in the championship. Oh. Uh. So does that mean they have more titles than the Celtics? No, I think we're tied now. Oh. 
So now we're both the Montreal Canadiens of basketball. Oh, it happens. Listen, um, you're tired. Yeah, gotta- you know, you did a couple tours. You, you've saved people. You, you have a tree business. You've played in the NHL. I mean, this is Lucas Carr. No stats, dude. I got no stats. I, I can't take that one. I a lot of people don't have stats. Fucking building thing. It was, I don't know. You I get the pictures to prove it, but like, that's, go. I got nothing crazy. That's the stats. Um, that's all the stats you need. No, nah, I got nothing, man. <laughs> but, uh, well, uh, we got to, uh, we got to keep connecting like this where there's more funnier stories. Oh, definitely. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll meet up with you on the, the rooftop deck or on your boat or whatever, man. Yeah. I'll text you. Um, I'll text you about all that stuff. Uh, when it, uh, I don't know, maybe this week you guys figure out, we'll figure you know, we'll spend a day on Marina Bay on like Saturday or something. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we're wide open. <laughs> I'm wide open. So. It's like that Seinfeld episode when when Jerry like told uh, Poppy to like create his own um, Pakistani kitchen called the Dream Cafe, and there was no people that showed up. Poppy, you tell your chef I want the works. <laughs> we don't need people to show up, though. <laughs> Welcome to the Dream Cafe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lucas Carr, thank you for your service. Thank you for joining on our our podcast after hours. Shu and Isaiah had to go to bed because they're 90 years old. But you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's an argument. Yeah. yeah they well, are. What's Cialis can only get you so far. No offense. Like <laughs> or, or time released Adderall. I don't know. It's one of the two, man. You know. But uh, hey, man, I will. Uh, I'll be in touch. The uh, the show looks great, man, and um, we'll uh, we'll be rocking out soon, man. Oh, my Halloween party! I'm having a Halloween party. I think you guys should. We should do a live broadcast for my Halloween. Party. Oh yeah, when is it? I mean, do you want to say? I mean, uh, October thirty first. Oh, on Halloween. <laughs> yeah. I'm. Uh, I think I'm gonna dress up this year as. Uh, I think I'm going to dress up this year as uh, Rick Moranis. Um, <laughs> Getting punched? I'll be the guy that's No, punched. I know, right? <laughs> think about it. <laughs> uh, I'm going to – I think I'm going to dress up as Vince Glortho when he has, like, the bowl on his head and he's got the strap <laughs> and he's, like, they're trying to figure out if he's a dog or not. <laughs> We're going to dress up as Rick Moranis from uh, Spaceballs. Oh, that's even better. You know, Lord when will then be now? Soon. All <laughs> <laughs> right. On that note, Lucas Carr, Google him. See you, buddy. All right. See you, man. This is Brad Marchand, and you're listening to Breaking the Ice with Josh Dolan. I don't think he would ever let a pizza get out the door before he buried the whole thing, so... He likes to eat that kid.